Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. The campaign is The Two-Headed Serpent. It was written by Paul Fricker, Scott Dorward, Matthew Sanderson, and was edited by Mike Mason. It's available at the Chaosium website. Our game master is Matthew Sanderson, and this is episode five. Now for the recap. You're listening to WITD Radio. Coming to you live from the Bancroft Building in downtown Arkham, WITD Radio is proud to present The Two-Headed Serpent! In our last episode, while Dr. Heinrich busied himself performing a field dissection of the Snake Man, Magnus and the Angel interrogated the soldier in order to better understand how their present situation had developed. The soldier explained that something had happened to three of their officers, a change of personality that they couldn't seem to resist. Was it some sort of mesmerism? Ever since then, they had been blindly taking orders and neglecting everything else, including their own health. It was only now, after the fight with the heroes, that the soldier's mind was beginning to clear. It was becoming clear that the snake people had some terrifying abilities to control humans. Afterwards, fearing the Kana's mental health and safety, the heroes asked him to take the injured soldier to the nearest town. Once gone, Magnus, the angel, Dr. Heinrich and Adi headed to the temple, now that it had corkscrewed out of the earth. But there was a slithering obstacle between them and the entrance. Snakes! Hundreds of snakes! Unafraid of the slithering mass and well protected by his hefty steel-toed boots, Adi climbed the spiraling walkway outside of the temple and reached the door. He attempted to open it and failed. So Magnus used dynamite to blow a hole in the side. Once inside, they slowly descended into the winding coil, going down, down, down into the depths. It is then that the angel used his special gift to better understand the carvings on the wall. Visions of the events of old were unfurled within his mind. He was given insight into the layout and the terrible guardian that still lie ahead. Adi cautiously led the way in order to defuse any and all booby traps he found along their path. The final trap was a stone archway with a snake's head. Glowing red eyes glimmered at our heroes from within the serpent's overwatching eye sockets. The angel moved forward stealthily, attempting to gain safe passage for the team, but was unable to dodge a beam fired from the glowing red serpentine eyes. The angel was hit in his hand, and while the pain was excruciating, it was nothing compared to the realization that his hand was now growing its own scales like a serpent. Meanwhile, opting for brawn over brain, Adi resorted to using a shotgun to blast the crystal from the snake's carven head. That threat eliminated the heroes in a huge cavern-like area, in the center of which was a huge pyramid, on top of which sat enthroned the strange snake queen which the angel had seen in his 
vision. But as Magnus moved to investigate, he suddenly realized that the pyramid was not made of stone, but rather it was a huge monstrous snake coiled and beginning to uncoil. A battle ensued and Magnus was swallowed, only to cut himself out from the inside. Thinking quickly, he set a number of hand grenades inside the wound, killing the creature and ridding the world of so terrifying a beast. As the fight wore on, the angel suddenly turned around and sprinted back up the spiral pathway. Suspecting that someone had entered the temple from above, he hoped to head them off at the pass. But as he reached the top of the spiral, he was confronted by Kana, only then to realize that he was in the company of Captain La Fuente, the missing soldier and most likely a snake man replacement. With a casual whisper, La Fuente commanded Kana to fire. Would Angel be the first of our heroes to join the choir invisible? Would the ancient queen of the snake men come back to life? And where was the mummy the heroes were looking for? Tune in next time to find out for yourselves in the further adventures of The Two-Headed Serpent. So without any further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. Matthew? Right. Top of that spiral corridor. Three people up there. One maybe not really a person. And then Angel and Johnny looking at each other. There's a bang, but first of all, can I have a pal roll from Connor, please? A 25 is a hard success. Okay. In which case then, uh, as we discussed before coming on air, yep. uh, you have a choice. Where would you like to direct that gun? I would like to shoot the, the less than human and behind me. Okay, um, you are up point blank, so you get a bonus die. Give me a firearms handgun roll. Uh, that is a just a normal success, but thank goodness for the bonus dice, because the first roll was a 96, so... <laughs> oh, that's a hit. <laughs> okay, roll damage. Let's see, eight. Uh, ten damage. Okay, pretty palpable. Uh, he takes the shot pretty much square in the chest, um, staggers back for a moment, looking, if anything, more surprised than hurt, and looks down at his chest and looks back up at you in just sheer disbelief. Uh, we'll go into rounds at that point, because that will count as the surprise action. So uh, we have... Connor, even with your plus 50 for having a gun ready, that puts you and Johnny acting simultaneously. So, who wants to go first? Well, I'm just going to pump a couple more rounds into our unwelcome guest here. I don't know okay. what Johnny's going to do. but I was going to do the same. I was just going to pull out and start walking towards him, firing as I walk towards him. Okay. Um, how many shots each would you like to roll? I'll put three. Yeah, three for me is two. Because he's still right in front of me. So. Your, point, um, your point blank will cancel out the penalty die for having multiple shots, so give me three straight rolls each. See, 22 is a hard success, 59 is a regular success, and 06 is an extreme success. 
Okay. I, I got a 22, a 6, and an 18. Wow. <laughs> this guy walked up at the wrong time. <laughs> okay. Um, there is a slim chance he could survive this. Don't shoot um, him. Just question him. <laughs> yeah, um, roll, what is roll Connor? Down for, your, for your impales there. Again, that will be maximum plus roll. So total it up and let me know what the poor guy's getting perforated with. Well, I only rolled a one for the roll on the impale, so that's going to be just a total of 15 damage from that one. Just 15. Max damage plus what we roll. Yep, for an impale. 20. I dealt a total with all three of my shots, 32 damage, if that helps. Okay. Add that all together. Thirty-four. Okay. With all so, three uh, shots. No, but, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That is not correct. That is not correct. Twenty-one. Twenty-two. Fifty-four. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that's fifty-four plus thirty-two plus ten. I I think you've killed him somewhere in the region of three times over. Yeah, it is about three times over. So there is a somewhat, I say, indignant reaction on his face where the just surprise and his eyes roll back as his body that's perforated all over in red just collapses back on the, onto the ground and does not move at all. And Connor is very much back to, back to his normal self. The uh, mental suggestion definitely having passed now. Good to see you, Connor. Yeah, good to see you too. You know, I'm getting real tired of these snakes. Yeah, I'm not a fan myself. It's all snakes. It's even worse when you get downstairs. Oh, really? So, uh, yeah, what's, uh, where's everybody else? Downstairs? I'm surprised they're not running up from behind us right now. That's, uh... What's downstairs that bad, huh? Oh yeah, uh, your brother, your brother basically rooted a snake through the mouth down and blew himself out of the inside. It's been a, it, it's been a trip. Matter of fact, um, I have started to become snake. My hand is now covered in scale. So that's kind of that's kind of nice. That well, was into a tattoo. You should you should try to you know not fully become a snake because my track record for snakes that I've seen and snakes that haven't been full of holes. Yeah. Not so good. Yeah. So far, it's Connor. What three snakes? No. Zero. Zero. Yeah. And it's going to stay that way. Well done. Watch your step up here. I think uh, I think Adi threw some. Some kind of little tax or some contraption of his down. Why am I not surprised? But listen, I mean, I've learned firsthand that these are some devious, uh, some devious bastards. I can tell why the soldiers were uh, so out of it. Mm. Pretty yeah. strange experience. What did? Where did they pick you up at? Uh, just on my road back to town. 
You never made it to you never made it to the other camp. No. Oh no. What about the other soldier? Does he make it? No. Seemed like a a little uh, dead friend here didn't appreciate his uh, lapse of control. So. Wow. These guys aren't these guys aren't messing around. We still have work to do downstairs. Oh. Uh, you may not like how we have to get there, though. We have to crawl over a pit of snakes. And All right. Well. And uh, yeah, and they're just dripping through the ceiling. It's insane. It, it, you look up, and the whole place is just oozing with snakes. Well, I would see why the snakes would want to get there so bad. Well, yeah, they used to have a big mudda snake down there but now the big mudda snake is no longer there so as you say courtesy of my brother indeed he oh, definitely he plastered the walls with him so, oh, I, don't I, know how, so. I don't know how he's holding up though he didn't look 100 percent when he came out of that hole i mean he was alive and he was he was standing but you could see in his eyes it took a toll In which case, if this was a movie, this would definitely be a cutscene to downstairs, uh, where down in the big inner chamber, where you've got the remains of the snake over there, over there, over there, and up there, uh, Paul Magnus is swaying on his feet a bit, his eyes looking somewhat unfocused. He turns, looks over towards uh, towards Odd and Gerhard, and just says, "No, guys, I don't feel so good." as he collapses to his knees and then just face plants straight into the ground. Yeah. Uh, Gerhard, you got to get on that side of this passage. I'm going to get on the other side and we're going to kill anything that comes down the stairs. Because that sounded like a war zone up there just a minute ago. I, but if he's poisoned, we might need to hit him with some antidote. I don't know that he's poisoned. You got any antidote? Yeah, we, didn't we have a couple vials of antidote? Well, you run over and do that, but I'm going to shoot anything that comes down these stairs that ain't somebody we know. And then do again, I might shoot them anyway because there might not be anybody we know anymore. I, now, do, would I believe it would hurt him if I hit him with antidote if he wasn't poisoned? So I think it would do harm. It's mainly which antivenin would you use, but it, you don't think that he's been injected with any poison from the snake because that would involve taking a bite, basically. Okay. I think he just I, passed out. I just wanted to cover. I don't want him to die because we were. I right, so I'm gonna wait and guard with him on either side of the doorway. Yeah, he's still breathing on the ground. It's you think probably been in an area where he had fairly low um, low oxygen and was being literally had the life squeezed out of him. But yeah, he's probably just exhaustion and fatigue. All right, um, back up towards the top um, the top of the temple uh, for Connor's benefit. Who hasn't been down here yet then? Um, you have a spiraling ramp that goes around the inside of this corkscrew-shaped um, structure which has come out of the ground. Um, as you go down for a few revolutions, you see that there are murals on the walls uh, depicting serpent people, in particular one with a big headdress, um, like a crown, and carrying a scepter or some kind of staff um, that seems to be the central figure throughout this. Um, of leading the serpent people, giving sermons to them, and then being showing it, shown into the temple before it finally sinks below the ground. There's also some pictures of some what vaguely look like humanoid creatures, um, very hairy, 
um, being used as manual labour. Um, they have collars around their necks, there's whips being directed towards them. They very much seem to be a subjugated race that have been used to build this thing. Um, once you get down past a couple of revolutions, you know it's something that looks like a, a blade um, that is swung partially out of the wall, but then it's been blocked by a small rock. So evidently some kind of booby trap that has been um, has been disabled. Well, Beyond that, like, hmm? I was just saying, it looks like their uh, their traps are just as bad as their art. That was a good one. That was a there was a marble that set that one off. So they're sensitive. Aladi put an ant in there, and one of those things he was calling an ant locked that blade up. Yeah, there's a small pressure pad where it's run over. At that point, it would have um, would have set it off. But as you move across it now, you you can hear something clicking and whirring inside the wall, but it's not. The blade isn't moving. And then a little bit further beyond that, um, you can hear the hissing of snakes pouring through holes in the roof um, that are all part of the mural design. Um, with some instruction from Johnny as to put your hand here and put your foot there and lift yourself up, um, you are able to climb across the roof or along the wall, your choice, and then land on the other side, um, thus getting avoiding uh, being bitten by um, some of the snakes. And you can, if you have a look down uh, at any point, give me either if you've got natural world or a hard int roll. I'm going to spend seven luck to make that heart in. Okay. Yeah. In which case, um, your fellow compatriots here um, probably haven't noticed, uh, but you at least identify a couple of the snakes here. Um, there's pit vipers and also coral snakes, um, which you've um, your little bit of information at the back of your head comes to mind as also being known as 20-minute snakes. Because that's how long you've got to live after these things bite you. Yeah, very, very poisonous. Yeah, these uh, this particular variety of snakes not uh, going to be your friend for anything longer than half an hour. I'm just going to flick my cigarette down into the pit. Other <laughs> this, but other than that, these they bizarrely seem to be congregating in just one part of the tunnel. And they're not going any further than that. They're very much keeping themselves to themselves in that area. As you go over the top of that, you then work your way further, um, further down to what seems to be an arch where it looks like once upon a time there may have been some carving above the top of the door, but there's evidently a sign of someone has blown something apart up there. And beyond there, you can see this wide open area with this chamber going off into the dark where you can see Odd and Gerhard stood by the entrance looking watch up. Your, watch your step, Connor. There's Freeze. Uh, Freeze right where you are. Hey, Oddie. Oddie. No, 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 no. Hey. I don't believe it. You're probably snake people took over my friends. What was all that gunfire upstairs? Uh, let's see, killing a snake person that was trying to take over your friends? Ah, uh, well, uh, uh, you, uh, Con the one calling himself Connor, what do you think about that guy lying there on the floor over there? 
Oh, uh, well, my brother Magnus? All right, you're real. Go. All right. Now, how about you, Angel? Of course, it's you. <laughs> Did you pick those things up you were warning me about on the way up? No. I mean, I, th I thought you guys were still the bad guys. You know, warn you, now I'm going to pick them up. So what happened upstairs? Yeah, somebody had uh, somebody had their snake hands on uh, Connor's brain strings there, and yeah, just just temporarily. Yeah, well, there's there's the giant snake over there. Look at that thing. Uh, I think your brother just passed out from exhaustion. He's laying there on the floor. Well, you know, he never was one for constitution. Let's uh, at least roll him over. He's go. laying on his face. Well, I'm going to go walk over there and kind of prod him over with my foot. Uh -huh. Kind of at him. <laughs> Yeah, he's still covered in bits of snake and interior of snake. So he's he's kind of glistening and a bit soggy in places. So what's next? Pat him on the cheeks. Gerhardt, what do we do next? Uh, we're going to go up and see that uh, that snake queen lady in the chair up there? Yeah, I think that's... We, we, we definitely need to investigate that. That big snake was coiled around this whole thing over here. It's like a giant... We thought it was just part of the building. Yeah, so I think it's a. Uh, this was the guardian. They were all yeah. so adamant about. God, God, I hope it was the guardian. <laughs> so, in the slowly ascend the, is it steps or is it the pyramid type? It's more of a step pyramid. So right. it almost is a smaller version of the coil. Um, corkscrew effect that you've seen the outside just now within the middle of the chamber. So you can walk up the different rungs or as they spiral around them until you get to the top, at which point you reach the flat surface where there is the throne, as described, a big stone throne with this figure slumped head forward wearing red robes with gold uh, gold highlights um, and the headdress if anything seems to be part of the robe it's all one one piece but you can see definitely reptilian features in the face as it's bent forward you gotta be very careful there could be more booby traps yeah that's what i was gonna say i want to look for any type of mechanism but also any type of writing warnings or hieroglyph or anything why why would they warn you about the booby trap, though? <laughs> uh, it might say, if you remove this, you're cursed, or that's what I'm going to, you know. Yeah, whoever well, just, whoever disturbed this, at. yeah. Now, this well, crown, this is the same one we saw on the mural. Not the same. Hmm. Similar, but not the same. The, well, the crown that was in the mural was very much a separate thing from the rest of the dress. This, if anything, seems like a decorative hood that comes over the top, but is styled in a similar fashion. Well, let me let me give it a good once over. Let's go close. The throne might be booby trapped too. And we want to make sure that thing's not gonna wake up and I don't know what. So I'm gonna go very carefully looking for pressure plates, looking for they seem to like pressure plates. Okay, give me a spot hidden roll. Okay. I got a 38 um, out of 45, so just a regular pass. Okay. You're fairly sure that the throne itself is built into this raised platform, so it's not a movable fixture. 
Okay. Um, it, has, it has a little bit of decoration. It's similar again to the mural. It's got um, almost like smaller mini versions of the different panels that you've seen above. But the thing that you uh, notice is that as you're looking around, you bend down and you have a look around the uh, around the body. Um, the eyes are very slightly open, and there is just void beyond it. This is the shed skin of a certain person. Uh-huh. It's a husk. Look at this. I'm gonna I'm gonna touch part of it. I say this is this is a just a husk. Yeah, it crumbles when uh, the if you touch the hand, for example, uh, the whole hand just crumbles to dust, and the arm of the clothing just uh, sags down onto the throne. Oh, well, I'm going to grab the crown before it falls on the ground. Okay, you say it's part of the robe. So as as you grab that, you're grabbing around the head. Uh, right. The head caves in completely, and the rest of the body falls with it. Jesus um, Christ. You're left holding this red red and gold robe, which is still fairly delicate. It's been here for a very long time. In fact, you can give me a anyone who's up there can give me an archaeology roll. I got seventy one out of one. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to spend seventy points of luck. <laughs> uh, thirty eight out of thirty five. I'll spend the three luck. Well, that's better than my 28 against a one. Mm-hmm. Okay, so just get a heart unless Johnny rolled a one. Yeah, I gotta say it's beautiful. 57 <laughs> on one. Okay, um, which Gerhardt then, you have a kind of inclination as to roughly how old this, um, this robe could be um, based on not decomposition, but how it's the material it's made from, um, the degree of decay and such. I'm going to send you a quick message with that. It's it's beautiful. I wonder what kind of uh, material this is. We should bring this back as a souvenir. Oh, I look at it and I'm like, Fold it up. Let's even if we have a container to put it in. This this is like a hundred thousand years old. I I know you. I'm crazy, but no. I mean, it would make sense. We're talking about the snake press and civilization, which obviously hasn't been around for a long time. So I think Caduceus would definitely like to get their hands on this. I will very delicately fold like the cape up and put it. In, inside the crown, and then somehow attach this the my my backpack or whatever. So very gingerly folding later, as you remove the whole thing away from the throne, the only thing that's left is sat right in the centre of the seat where the body would be sat, is a circular hole going straight down. Was this like a toilet? I don't know. Unless, unless she shed her skin and then went, because oh. wasn't your vision kind of there was something deep down inside? Oh yeah, yeah, we've got it. it it's that's where it's at. There's a tomb of some sort inside. But the hole's what only about like that. You can just about squeeze down there. Uh, this is going to be a claustrophobia, uh, claustrophobia's worst nightmare. 
but you could squeeze down it. I got no problem with that. I climb into tiny little cubby holes and crevices and she's I've done it a thousand times. I wonder if she is the mummy. She might be. Because think about it. There was her wrappings that we just turned to dust. Kind of. Snakes shed their skin. Jesus, I wonder where that thing's skin is. That big, gigantic mother. Well, um, I mean, we, we can have... talk about our ideas, or we could just pop down this hole. And... Well, look, I'm the fattest of you, but what do you want? What do you want to do? Well, first of all, how far can we see down? Can we shed a little light on this situation? It's not like we have a lot of rope. Do you put your torch over it? Just at the very extent of your vision, of the torch's range, you can see that it does open up into a chamber below. And then there's a drop, and then you can see floor. But you're looking about somewhere between 30 and 40 feet. I wonder how big that drop is at the bottom. Probably about 10 foot. It's really hard to tell, yeah. I wonder if there's another way down. Well, not without removing blocks from this pyramid. Unfortunately, I don't think that's a possibility. Um, well, how strong is the snake skin? It's, uh, it's, it's crumbling, yeah. No, no, the big dead snake. You think we could use its intestines? I, um, what else is there here? We got to go out to come back down here? We might not have time. We could go out and get vines and come back and climb down and go over the pit of snakes. I didn't, I mean, I didn't see vines in the forest. It, it's such a tight oh, fit. Yeah. I think that we'll be able to climb our way back up. Yes. Yeah. So brute strength, huh? Hmm. Wonder if that's, that's something I can you, do. No, but I well, I'm pretty strong. Just excuse um, me. Pardon. I go down the hole. Okay. Give me a climb check. 18. Whoa. Climb, climb, climb. Oh, 20. 18 on 20. Hey, there you go. Look, look at me finding that I'm agile. <laughs> <laughs> right, in which case the angel descends down the hole, a bit like a wrap, wrap down a drain pipe in this case. Um, sliding and forcing, uh, well, sliding it back down the polished wall, hands out in front, and then jimmying yourself down. And then the last 10 foot drop at the end, and landing like a cat on the floor. You find, yourself, you find yourself in a room pretty dark, but so assume you, you've got a torch, if I remember right, yeah? Yeah. 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 Oh, the lighter. Um, you find yourself in a room, again, that's very ornate. Um, there are pillars at each corner and large statues of serpents of anthropomorphic serpents that are leaning out over you, forming almost an arch in four, uh, four directions across this large central altar where there is a body laying upon it, uh, female form, scaled, very serpentine face that does match the murals, uh, murals you've seen above, um, the chest rising and falling as she breathes. Are very much alive, but the eyes are shut. And there's all. John? No, I'm going to start coming down. If, if, if I look up, can they see me and I see them? Uh, you can see Connor descending uh, descending down the hole. Connor. 
Connor. What? Shh. Be quiet. It's here. The mummy is down here. What does it look like? I don't know. Give me a second. If it's a snake person, don't kill it this time. What did he say? What does it look like? Tell him it looks like the mural. It looks like the mural. Don't kill it. What are you saying over there? They're, they're trying to... Shh. Hey, would you just warn me? I'm not going to kill this one. All right, they're not going to kill this one. Thank God. I've heard that before. We're supposed to bring this one home. I think I'm used to the snake people by now, Lonnie. Have a little thing. Tell, tell Johnny, don't let Kana kill the snake person. Hey, Johnny, don't let me kill the snake person. It's breathing. It's right fucking here. I get that now. Just Watch the language. <laughs> hey. All right. As, as Jolly turns, uh, turns around, we're saying it's right here. Um, as you turn around and look at it, you can see that both eyes have flickered open. And then, just as soon as you realize, oh crap, they're open, um, they slowly shut again. Damn, so she very, doesn't, very doesn't seem to be conscious. Uh, if look, taking in a bit more of your surroundings, being very, very still. Um, at the head of the, uh, of the altar, this rather uh, sleeping platform, uh, there is what looks to be a box. Um, or a casket that's made of stone with what seems to be a very slight glimmer of metal running around uh, running around the edge of what would appear to be the lid. Um, this thing could be, maybe looks like zinc perhaps. Um, it could well be airtight. So this could be something, if there is something old in there, it could still be intact. How big, how big is the, is it as big as a casket? I imagine or it's about like a casket. Um, it's about three to four foot across, uh, about two to three feet wide, and about two foot tall. So it's a, it's a fair sized casket, like a chest. Yeah, yeah, a chest. Probably. Right. <laughs> Fucking swear, Connor, are you coming down? Yeah, I'm coming. So yeah, I'll make my. As as so you've seen Johnny do it, and as one of you's passed, you know how to position yourself and go down. So you, you can come down without having to worry about making a roll and potentially falling a long way. All right, so I, I drop down next to him. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that? Do you want to go down, Gerhard? I'm going to stay up here. Yeah, might as well. I, I'm coming down. I start to make my way down. And I'm going to make sure that nobody comes up behind me. Okay. No, um, from, the top of the, um, from the top of the platform, you can't see any movement around other than Magnus, who is still on the ground. You know, he's almost curled up in a fetal position now, grabbing his gut. He, he looks very much worse for wear. Although being in a giant snake would do that to you. So Gerhardt heads down. Correct. 
which case, yep, the three of you are uh, Johnny Connor and Gerhardt down at the bottom. And this uh, breathing female serpent person laying on the altar. Yeah. Now, as I'm looking at her, is she uh, is she actually in person form, or is she in a snaky form? Uh, she's very much in a in serpent person form. She isn't wearing anyone's skin. So this this is her au natural. Oh, so to speak. I'm gonna. She's right there, Connor. You don't have to get closer. You're just being weird. So I'm going to move closer. Uh-huh. Okay, what? you do so. Looking around. So is there any other like tunnels off of here? No, the only entrance in or out of here is immediately above you. I want to look. Okay, we gotta get her. I wanted to take a look around and see if there was any other murals or books or tablets or. Mm -hmm. Well, there's say definitely more of the murals. Um, There's not much by way of language presented here. This is again is all very pictorial, but this seems to be. A bit different to the landscape that you saw above. Um, the depiction here is very much almost like a fantasy landscape. Um, you see mountains, great fields, rivers, deserts, what seem to be huge stone pillars, or presumably stone, rising up out of the ocean and the ocean just seemingly falling off the edge of the world. Um, you can give me a mythos roll. Twenty-seven out of five. So, uh, you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna spend it. Okay. Um, these are all depictions of Earth's dreamlands, and it shows the um, piecing together what you see the the same figure. This seems to be that the sleeping form, um, the, the serpent person that's laid before you, has ventured on a quest into the dreamlands. And that's what they've been doing down here while they've been sleeping. They have been dreaming. Wow. I saw I'll reiterate that to the guys. Okay, um, what the hell does that mean? Now, right. That's what I was going to ask. Now, I shouldn't wake her then. We should try and take her while she's dreaming. Would that make sense to me? After, well, as as Johnny's seen that um, her eyes have flickered open. Um, if you keep an eye on her for a, maybe one or two minutes, you do notice that her eyes do open again, but they're rolling round unfocused, and then the eyes, the one eye shuts, and then the other eye shuts after it. Uh, she's semi-conscious at the minute. So she's not dreaming now, but she is. She's not awake, but she's not dreaming. All right. So if she's not dreaming, maybe we should wake her up and offer her her. No. What? Oh, she was a. I think she was a prisoner here. What? You think a snake person was a prisoner in literally the the snake place? I don't know how else to call it. 
You realize, uh, you realize her own skin shit her out into a hole and onto this bed, right? That's what we just, that's what we just experienced is that we just went down a toilet and found this, the person. It's a, it's a snake in the middle of, of snake nirvana. I don't think they're a prisoner. I can hear you guys down there now. If we stop whispering. Get hot really loud. Hey, Adi. What's going on? Get down here. We need your what expertise about, about getting an object back up. You ain't got no way to get back up? No. We, we need to get an object that just get down here. We're going to need a rope. Why would you just get down here? All right, I'm coming down. Well, Once I'm down there, I won't be able to get the rope. <laughs> while, while, while he's shimmying down, Gerhardt, look at that box over there. It's like sink and it's got a hand and it looks old. It's like old I, shit. So I go over to take a closer look at the um, zinc liner box. Okay. Yep, definitely seems to be airtight, which for your archaeology background means that whatever's inside will almost certainly be very well preserved. Uh, there's no apparent trap on it. It seems to be very much just a functional casket, stroke, case, chest. All right. Um, I'm going to wait till Adfeld gets down. I want him to take a look at it with me. Gerald. Gerald. Yep. Yeah, uh, it's Gerhard. Oh, sorry. Gerald. You think if we could empty whatever's in this box, we might put her in it, maybe poke a couple holes? No, it's like... Just... It's also part of it's also part of the altar as well. It's you'd have to it's oh, stone. she's laying on it. Okay, right. Oh, Jesus. Somebody catch me. I got ten feet to drop. I don't want to drop ten feet. I fuck it. I'm gonna jump. I'm gonna let myself down. Thud. Yep, and you're on the floor. But I wonder if something in this box is vital to her needs. Like maybe does she have clothing on? No, I'm not nope. sure. Oh, no, no clothing. Wait, look at her. Wow, she's she's asleep. She's so in some sort of. She was in the dream world. Some sort of induced trance, yeah. And she's been here for what a half a million years or something so like that. Why don't, why don't I take a bag like a burlap stack and put it over her head? Well. And look, it 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 Tie seems to me. And we get her out of it. Or I could poke her in the eyes with a Let's, knife. No, no, don't poke her. No. What's this box over here? Oh my god. It's it's sealed. Whatever the contents inside of it should still be. All right, okay, all right. But why don't you why don't you open it up? No, 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 Chen. We've already dealt with some magical, strange things going on here, including an entire temple that comes up out of the ground. And you. Okay, and monsters and things. Right. All right. Logically, the only way that Caduceus could know about this here is if this little messy here was somehow contacting them, and you said she's in the dreamlands, whatever the hell that means. Think she's contacting. Higher. She's contacting Caduceus through the dreamlands to come here and rescue her, probably from those crazy people upstairs. Or, Which is why I think we should wake her up. I don't or, think she'll I be, do too. It's just poke us. She just contacted somebody in this dream world of yours that just so happened 
to also know somebody in this dream world of yours from Caduceus. Right, Maybe well, it was unintentional that they found out that she was down here. Sure, and she could have just ordered out to take out because she's hungry, and that's us. We've been sent as a meal, so who knows? But so I see we, we I see we just poke her. No, we should look at her. She's a she's a nice lizard lady. Nice so- lizard lady. I hate to break it to you, but all the lizard people I've met today I think have tried that, to kill me. I think that that might be something that has to do with her trance. And if we open it, she's going to wake. Okay, or, so we put her in the bag first. Or if we open it, she's going to die. That's oh. what we got to be careful of. I say we poke her first and see if we can wake her up. I agree. Poke her after we tie her up. Yeah, can we at least knock her eyes out before we wake her up? No knocking her eyes out. Okay, just a clock or something. Look, look, look. look. Hey, hey, listen. This is part of what I do. If it turns out she wants to cooperate, that's fine. But I would rather hedge our bets, not take the risk of her trying to kill us all. Listen, She'll listen. be more understanding if she's on our side and we tied her up out of fear because several of her snake friends tried to kill us than if she's also going to try to kill us but we're like, no, we want to try to be nice to the snake people and we don't tie her up. Right, but then she'll think that we're the bad guys because we tied her up. So why don't you guys all stand back? I would rather try to back? talk her down than trying to kill us. Kana, Kana. Hey. Why don't you all just stand there and get ready in case something bad happens. If, if you can so, fire your guns. Back alive, I'll fire guns. Hit hey, her with hey, something. Hey, listen, listen, hear me out. If we have to bring her back alive, what are we supposed to do if she causes trouble and she's not restrained, huh? We Did kill you just her and fail on I just brought guns. We kill okay. her and we fail our mission. That's what we do. But we don't point. have to fail the mission. Let's just tie her up. It's not it's that a big bit of a deal. Yeah, just just, just a little bit. Just I'm a tiny just, little bit. It's a negotiation. I'm not cutting her eyes out. We'll tie her up. I'm good with that. Oh, please. So whoever has the lowest luck? I have a 78. 61. Has 18. Not the roll. What's your luck? Whoever has oh. the lowest luck score roll. The lowest luck score. I've got 80. I mean, uh, uh, 69. So. 61. Who else? Me. Eighteen. Okay. I want to. I want to step over and just grab her hand and rub her hand. Okay. Um, You have the choice on a success. Do you want her to wake up or not? Yes. Okay. In which case, as you take her hand, you can feel this grip around yours not malicious not strong but definitely her clawed hands wrap of fingers wrap around yours and her head lolls over in your direction her eyes open and focus and she she looks at you she's not going to understand our language and at that point says something that definitely sounds like language definitely has structure of language Lots of S, lots of long, lingering, hissing sounds. Um, it is not a human language, but you have at least seen the written form of this. That's what I was going to ask. Does she sound pissed off, Gerard? Nope. Uh, I just, I put my other hand up like that. Uh, and I, I, 
like caress the top of her hand like so she knows I'm not there trying to is there anything I could glean for even if it's numbers say one two three to her just to from the map in her language to try and build a rapport give me an info 23 on 70, so it's a hard. Just shy of a, well, not just shy, but. Yep, you're, you're able to at least, you think from what you've heard, um, from what you've read, you think you can at least put one or two words together. They might be gibberish in context, but it's something. And presumably you say them? Yes, yes. And again, it's trying to get your uh, mouth around hissing sounds with a tongue that's evidently far too short and not as flexible as hers. Um, but she looks at you a little, a little perplexed, but just nods gently with a smile and her eyes close and she roll, uh, just rests her head back against the, against the stone, but still keeps that grip on your hand. Which tell her to go back to sleep? No, I... I don't know her language. It's it's not a earthly language, but Okay. So now let's she's let's just open the box. She's obviously not gonna die from it. Let's find out what's in there. Because if it's collection of human skulls, I think we got a problem. Well oh open the I, box. I, I I I think it's something to prepare her for the next stage of her journey. But I Okay. In that case, it should box. be rope in an elevator so we can get her ass out of here. Yeah, That's I'm... the next stage of her journey, Gerhardt. So Connor's already on his way to open the box. Okay. Yeah, nothing's going to stop you. So you open it up? Yep. Oh. Okay. Uh, you open it up, and there's indeed several things in there. Um, one of which, the, well, the first thing that strikes you is there's another box inside. Um, but around it, you can see several things. Um, when someone said that this would be preparing for the next part of her journey, you were right. Um, you do indeed find there are robes, uh, what looks to be um, a set of scrolls next to them, um, and a whip of sorts. It's very reminiscent of the one that you, um, of the types of whip you would have seen in the murals upstairs. Um, it's got small barbs on it, so it looks pretty vicious, to be, uh, to be honest. And also, that scepter, which she was holding as well, which is uh, made of gold with a snake's head, uh, jewels in the eyes. Okay, well, I'm going to pick up the whip and the scepter, because they seem the most weapon-like to me, and I really don't want her to get her hands on it, so. Okay, we so assumed that the, the box probably has a crown in it. It's about the right size. Now, when you pick up the whip... You pick up the whip, it's got a nice big handle, it's got oiled leather, it's quite, uh, at least the handle of it as such, the hilt is very uh, very soft to the touch. Uh, can you give me a power roll when you get the pick up the scepter and you're looking for an extreme success, um, extreme roll? Yeah, nope, that's a fail. Okay, let me double check the result for failure. So 73 out of 70. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, okay. Right, you pick up the uh, pick it up, and in an instant, your vision just cuts, and blackness just swallows your eyes. 
and all around you, you, you hear the sounds of hissing and slithering, crawling up your legs and around your arms and then just swallowing your vision. It's just this wall of snakes comes towards you. Um, you can add to your sheet um, a fit of phobia, fear of snakes. Oh boy, if I didn't have that already. Okay. Why does that, how do you spell that? Uh, Longley. Um, O-P-H-I-D-I-O and then phobia on the end of it. P-H-O-B-I-A. Now does he... If Connor wasn't already mentally damaged enough. All right. Do we do we notice that Connor has suddenly gone gl gone glazy? Oh yeah, if anything starts to writhe and jig and try to shake off these invisible snakes all over him. God damn it. Uh, I'm gonna go the sector. Lean over her with my body to block her if any if okay. he I'm gonna reach out as quickly as I can and yank the scepter out of his hand. I've got gloves on. Okay. Do you wanna give me an extreme power roll? All right. I don't think that's an extreme power roll. That's a, it's a half or less than half. Okay. Um, in which case, unless you're spending luck to make it an extreme, the same fate is going to befall you as well. Okay. Well, I mean, I'll still yanking it out. Maybe I'll drop it on the ground, but. Yep. It, it bounces away at that point. <laughs> uh, but I, same thing. I go blind. Yep. There's just darkness and then snakes snakes everywhere crawling through your fresh crawling even, even, through your eyes even when i've dropped it yep i guys i'm seeing snakes everywhere don't touch the fucking scepter connor i don't think it's real this lasts for about two three rounds okay any sanity or no 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 just that Okay, thank goodness, because I would have lost maximum. So, snakes. <laughs> they see snakes. What if I pick it up with my snake hand? Don't don't everybody be freaking out at once. No, I got a snake hand. It's completely legit. Go and for I it. Lift it up with my snake hand. Same roll, but you get a bonus die. That's what it's all about, Gerhard. Get a Oh, oh, bonus die. 48. You still have to get an extreme. 36. <coughs> I'll spend 36 luck to make it an extreme. Nice. Okay. Uh, you have the option now. Do you wish to spend 10 magic points? I don't have 10 magic points because I used it all to read the mural. Well, then start <laughs> bleeding from your eyes, Johnny. <laughs> oh, the, um, you can spend the excess, but it comes off hit points. How long has it been since he read the mural? Because we had the snake fight, we... Probably an hour. So one point will come back. Fine. Now ultimately I'll get my hit points back, right? There was something that was permanently gone. I don't want to mess that up. So if I use my one magic point that I just got, and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. We're doing it. Okay. Right. You feel as you pick this up then that for a moment you're you're desperately trying to keep hold of it and it, it almost feels like it suddenly becomes part of you when you grab uh, when you finally latch onto it with your hand as well as your mind. 
and feel this rush of power go through from you into it. Oh. And at that point, you see, or all of you see, the, the two little gem eyes on the top blink on and then blink off. It's done something, but you don't know yet what it's done. Are we, are, is our vision coming back yet? Yes, by this point. In fact, um, you start to see the world again just as the eyes start to gl um, stop glowing. Uh, you, are you okay? Yeah, I think so. Did, did, all right, focus here. We, we, remember, there's still other things coming that can get in here. Booby traps. Did you say that there was a robe in there? Yeah, there's a robe. It's her whole um, getup. But it's all, it's all, it's all attuned to her. Probably that's why we. That's I'm going to trust her. Give it to me. What are you? Just stop. Just what what did we just say? Me. If you touch it, you're going to get injured. What's happened to Johnny? I'm holding the scepter. I'm good. It's. I don't know what you guys' problem was, but I'm not letting this thing go because if I have to go through that again, if I touch it again, I, I don't know if I can. You're okay. Oh, yeah. Didn't you you guys... feel like this thing is attuned to you now. This this is a combination of part of you and yours. It's very much you. You own this thing now. This this is your baby. But didn't you touch something else and it didn't do anything? Yeah, I have the whip. Right. So just push the box over here. I'll touch it. It's attached. It's part of the altar. We can't can push it I anymore. reach it and grab, because I still have her hand. She's got my hand. Can I grab the robe and try and dress her? Yeah. Yeah, you, you can move her around. She's fairly compliant, but just still kind of dazed. Uh, yeah, you, can, you can dress her without any difficulty. So I'm going to, and what else is in the box? There's the, scrolls. There's scrolls in the scrolls. crown. And well, a box that looks about crown shaped, but it's still shut. Um, should I use her hands to open up the box and put the crown on her well, head? Let's just get her out of here. Let's just take the box with us. And what if box. we need to run? Or what if we encounter the other things? She's the queen. Maybe she can defeat them or order them away from us. Well, how the hell are we going to get out of here? That's what I'm saying. Maybe she's got something to help us get. Or what are we going to do? Stand, push her up. Hey, we're going to communicate this to her how? Hmm? I think once she has all of her magical items or whatever they are, she can be in her being, in her power. No, so, I mean, I saw those murals. They were uh, using this bad boy on some people that looked a little too much like us for me to be comfortable with that idea. So well, we can uh, speculate forever. Or we can just stand here and not do anything forever. Let's just let's, do something let's, and see what happens. Okay, and okay. Happens. All right, Audie. Caduceus want... wanted this girl alive. Caduceus has some idea. Let's just bring thought. her back there. But right, I, I want... Let's not give her all of her stuff. Okay. Just take so her back. My scepter. How do we get her out of here, then? That's the next question. What's all right. The, I, all I right. You guys... While you guys are yammering about, I want to look in the box. I'm opening the box. It's open. The box um, in the box. Oh. You open it up and find that inside there is a molded circle that's almost like a hat stand or a uh, like a tiara rest. There is no 
crown in there, but this is evidently where the crown that sat on her head, some time in the distant past, it would have been in there. It is not there now. Somebody jacked her crown. Let's How? Let's look at the scrolls. Maybe it'll give us some further information. Maybe those are the instructions. Um, you can open them up without any problem. Right. Um, that will take a little while to, um, to have a look through, but you, you've got time. In which case, um, well, first of all, give me an int roll to see if you can decipher what's here. 68 out of 70. Okay. Uh, roll 1d4. Four. Okay. Um, this is definitely helping you piece together what uh, what this language is. You can gain four points of language other Nakal. N-A-A-C-A-L. This seems to be some kind of history. This is a definite, detailed historical text. Um, sitting, sitting and reading it, though, is probably going to take you a few hours, or or longer, perhaps. This this is probably something for the uh, you think for the uh, the ride home. Right. But yeah. This this is some detailed knowledge right here. I, this is written in her language. I, I will have to decipher it on the on the trip home. Well, maybe she'll be able to give you a little language lesson, but first, let's just get out of here. I, I throw them in my, the skulls in my backpack. Okay. You think from... If you were to stand on the altar, if you moved her out of the way, and then one person then fed her up the tube, or one of you obviously going ahead, and then another one going ahead, you could form a human ladder and pull her up. And then the last one would then get pulled up and then start jimming the way up the up the pipe. So well, you can find your way out of here. Yeah, I, I mean it's possible. It's gonna be difficult. Mm -hmm. Easier if we could just wake her up and she'd do it for us. But uh let's uh let me go up first and I'll see if I can secure something so that we can uh, climb, you know, at least partially put her up. I could use my suspenders, but uh, I have to take my, uh, who cares? Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to, you're going to have to boost me up though. I'll give you a boost. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm holding my, that scepter, I'm putting it, I'm going to kind of hang it off my side there. Like a, I'm have a nice scepter holder. I'll fashion mm -hmm. one out of somebody's skull or something. But anyway, here we go, Lottie. <laughs> You ready? Yeah. All right, go. Okay. In which case, there is there's a fair bit of boosting, a fair bit of uh, shimmying up the pipe. Um, when you get to the top and then start pulling your way up onto the platform, um, you can hear the sound of slithering all around you. And along the edge of that platform where the, where the throne sits, um, you can see the heads of a whole carpet of snakes just starting to climb up over the rim and start working their way slowly towards the throne. Oh, shit. Uh, guys, we got to hurry. All right, we well, got a whole, go. whole carpet of snakes on its way. 
I don't know where uh, your brother is. I hope it's okay. All right, Gerard, get up there. We'll pass your girlfriend to you. And then, uh... Wait, here, I'm going to take these off. I'm going to uh, hook them together. And I'm going to throw them down there, wrap them around her, you know, under her arms and all. Gerhard, Gerhard, you doomkopf. And I go and I get, climb up. Okay. We're going to get your ladder hosing in a bunch there, Gerald. All right, let's get the snake lady, Johnny, up, up to her friend. All right, she's all tied off, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm gonna give it a. I'm just gonna give it a quick tug to let him know. Let's go with her. All right, pull her up, Adi. You said that box was attached. Yeah, damn it. Let's know how it's. Pull her up. Adi. I'm pulling. I'm pulling. I'm pulling. Christ's sake. Shit. Within the course of a few minutes, then um, you managed to get um, yourselves up to the top. So all of you are stood on this platform as this just carpet steeps keep rolling up the side of the um, the platform. Um, can you give me a spot hidden roll? Nine. Ninety-one. Ninety-three. I only got a fifty-seven, but it's still not a pass. Nine. In which case, then, the um, the three of you, besides Johnny, then, are probably a bit worried of the fact that all these snakes are swarming towards you. But uh-huh. Johnny is the only one that seems to notice that they are forming a perfect... They're not coming within about three foot of a circle centered directly on him. Or rather... Hey, yeah. Or rather, three foot from that scepter of his. Yeah. Um, Johnny, you got some sort of powerful thing there. Maybe you can tell him to get away with your magical scepter there. Uh, I raise my scepter to look at it, snakes. Look at it. They they do indeed seem to be looking at it. Their heads all turn as you move it left and right. But they do not now I'm going to kind of walk down a little bit towards the, the carpet of snakes. What are the, how do they react as I move down? Like Moses in the Red Sea. Uh, hey, let's go over there. I've got an idea. And let's go. I've got an idea. I'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Uh, just... All right, so I'm going to take my scepter and I'm going to walk into the snake carpet. Okay. And I'm, um, I'm trying, I'm basically trying to get over to Magnus's body. Okay, you start heading in that, uh, that direction. When you get beyond three feet of Odd and Connor, uh, the two of you, which will now have to give me sanity checks for the fact that you are confronted by your phobia, um, find that not only are they um, slightly more active when you get beyond the th- uh, outside of that three foot radius, a couple of them do attempt to jump at, uh, jump at both of you and fight you, but just you two, not their heart. Do I have a full 84 is a fail. Okay, so that's... I wasn't, wasn't aware I had a phobia of snakes. Yeah, that, that's what failure of the uh, trying to grab the scepter does. Oh, oh, I see. And uh, what was I rolling? Uh, sanity. Uh, sanity. Yeah, I'm still okay. 
Okay, if you pass, it's one. If you fail, it's a D4. All right. Um, uh, uh, Johnny? Uh, I noticed that, and I turned right back around and started heading back towards them. All right. I only lost one point for once in my life. Hey. In which case, then, um, as you move back, the two that were about to strike, one going towards Odd and one going towards Connor, both back down and then become more placid and rejoin the carpet. All right, Odd. You first. I want you to come with me. Walk right on my heels. Don't look at the snakes. Don't touch them. Don't do anything. Just walk with me. Okay, I think, don't we have to all kind of go together? Or? We're walking, me and you. I got to take you one at a time. Otherwise, it's going to be too much room in between. All right. We got to go quick then. You'll go as fast as the scepter. And I'm going to walk right back towards the ark. It, at, is there a point at which the snakes dissipate off? Have they all come in? That whole floor is now covered. Um, the only place that's not covered is the path going up through the tunnel. Okay, I'm going to get you all the way to the tunnel. Once it's clear, get to the top. We'll be up there. We'll meet you there. All right. So I shepherd, I basically shepherd Adi to the ramp up. As soon as he's got a, a good enough amount of distance between him and the snake carpet, I turn around and I, I go back and I'm going to start ferrying folks across mm -hmm. as they're ready. Gotcha. Yep, there's little montage back and forth, no problem. Um, you do pass uh, Magnus on the ground. Um, he is just covered in snakes. All right. Uh, is there any difference in behavior when I'm shepherding Gerhardt while he's carrying the body of the queen? No, none. No, you should just carry them along. All right, I'll get all. You, I'm getting all you guys to the ramp, and then I'm going back, and I'm going to grab Magnus by the collar, and mm -hmm. I'm going to drag him. I'm sure they scattered once I got there. The mm -hmm. snakes. Yeah, they will do. And I'm going to drag him, and I'm going to call out to Connor. Wait, because. You're your brother's keeper. You will also be your brother's toter up this fucking ramp. <laughs> and I get him all the way to the ramp, and I have Connor tell Connor he's got to carry him if we want to take him back to the top. All right, all right. Well, the one nice little side effect here is that... Um, Having called every snake in a one-mile radius from where you are when you activated the scepter, um, there is now no carpet of snakes to crawl across when you go back up the tunnel because they've all migrated down here along with every other snake that was on the way here. So the way back out is nice and easy. It's nice and free of snakes. Now, are they following me as if I'm a Pied Piper as I walk to, as because I'm in the back of the group? Mm-hmm. No, you know, they've, they've gone to where you were when you activated it, but they haven't then sort of mobbed you or following you from there. But you, you pretty much get the idea of what this thing does. Um, it's like a beacon to snakes within a one-mile radius that it will summon all of them to where you are with the investiture of 10 magic points, but then give you that little bubble that you can stand within so that they don't immediately attack you. You can't command them per se, but at least you can ward um, them off so you have this little pocket of safety. Sounds like a defensive weapon. You can get all the snakes to come and attack people who are attacking you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but didn't those eyes flash like the eyes in the archway? 
Yeah, I don't know how they're doing that. It's like light bulbs. You have another trick up your sleeve if you figure it out. Yeah, I ain't touching that thing again. No, Johnny. Let's just get the hell out of here. Come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Right. Um, We almost end into montage at this point. Um, Once you're out of the temple, where do you want to go? Well, back to town. Get back uh, to camp. We can call for Caduceus to come in and do a pickup on this lady, can't we? Uh-huh. Yeah, we we had to get her to New York. Are we going to carry her? Well, we could at least ask Caduceus for advice of how to get her back to New York. Yeah, where do we go? Put what her, port, her, what her port do we get to? Because we're going to have to get to a, a an airplane or something. Uh, it's going to be a boat, I bet. Well, From Shapiro can get you directions to where they think the nearest landing strip would be. Yeah, because it's Bolivia. Mm-hmm. At that point, in the middle of the jungle, there'll be a few landing sites, mainly, again, military uh, military bases, but you're well back from the front line. Um, they can have a plane sent there for you within about six hours, um, at which point you can jump aboard with, um, or throw Magnus on board, uh, throw the uh, sleeping certain person on board, uh, clamber in, and you are off. Let's make sure that we've wrapped her up so yeah. that she doesn't make all the people around go, holy crap, what the hell? You know, that, that's what I was going to say. Big heavy wanna, coat. <laughs> and I want to stay at her side the whole time. I don't want to let her out of my sight. Oh, she has not let go of your hand. And, okay, perfect. Yeah, you can put bandages around her, dress her up like the Invisible Man for all intents and purposes. And anyone that's looking will just see someone in a rather maybe odd coat or, or yeah. robe. But you can ferry her on discreetly into the plane. Uh, the airstrip at this point's not uh, not got much personnel around. Uh, they've been radioed ahead to say that there is a Caduceus aid uh, flight coming in. They'll be making a quick pickup, refuel, and go. So you are off and away and leave Bolivia far behind. During the trip, I want to uh, study those scrolls and see if there's anything I can glean. Gotcha. Oh. This, uh, ladies and gents, is the end of chapter one, right? In which case then, this, this takes most of the couple of days for you heading back to New York. But by the time that you start coming in towards uh, US airspace, Gerhardt roughly works out that this is the contents of the scrolls. Bolivia 5, Annals of Moo. These fragile scrolls are written in Nikal and tell the history of Mu and describe the rise of the usurper race of humanity in Volusia. Opinions about humanity among the serpent people are divided. One faction of serpent people saw the future of their race in coexistence with humans and went so far as to mix their genetic material with humanity. They constructed a temple over a dead volcano and drew upon its arcane power to fuel their engines of transformation. The rest of the serpent people saw the human race as a scourge and something to be eradicated, fearing that interbreeding would contaminate the pure serpent person bloodline. The resulting conflict led to the growth of extremist factions and a civil war. The scrolls also describe an assault on the citadel in Mu by an alien race. This attack somehow resulted in the shattering of reality, separating Mu from the rest of the earth. Many of Serpent people were left unable to return home to Mu, destined to walk in the world of men. 
The final passages speak of the Chosen One, a serpent person whose destiny is to unite the serpent people and lead them home to glorious move. Yeah, and that is what you think from piecing together the again what you've seen in the murals, what you've seen in the um, the bottom room of the temple. The serpent person that is accompanying you on the trip back, which she does gradually get more conscious uh, as you progress on your journey. You think that she would like to think herself as that chosen one. She definitely seems to be one above the other serpent people that she has gone on this quest presumably to say reunite and find Moot. now at any point does she become conscious can i try and talk with her yeah um probably by the second day so on the second leg of your journey home she'll be fully conscious so you, you can attempt to make uh to make contact with her um, you can give me a language nakar role um, being as you're a linguist, you get a bonus die on that. 33 or 73. So, you know what? Uh, I'll burn the luck because I think she's got a. This is important. Like, I'm speaking to history here. 100,000 year old, you know. So wow. I'm down to 27 luck now. Mm -hmm. One We're still. Go ahead. We're still traveling home, right, at this point? Yeah, this, this is about the second leg, so day two. So you're about 24 hours away from New York at this point. Okay. She seems fairly sedate. Um, she's not hostile. There's no apparent hostility in her body language. She just seems very tired. She's, she's very drained, but she is capable of sitting there and holding conversation. Um, she, she doesn't really grasp English yet. She's only had right. 24 hours of exposure to it. Um, but with sitting and talking to her for the rest, presumably the rest of the day and the rest of the trip back to New York, um, you are able to get some understanding from her and also um, roll 1d10. Nine. Out of ten. Add that much to your Nakal again. Oh, she, wow. like, uh, she basically is instructing you in her language. I'm uh, also trying to figure out what she eats um because we've only got human food but then again that's lizards eat pretty much what humans eat i guess so yeah, she, if she, she looks it, at it, she looks at maybe like a sandwich a little perplexed as if why isn't this thing moving but yeah she she will eat so she's not okay um she doesn't like, sniff at something and kind of hold her nose up at it she, she will eat what she's given okay all right um which is you can learn a few things from her um first of all her name's tyrannish Tyrannish? Mm -hmm. Yep, which is T-Y-R-A-N-I-S-S-H. Tyrannish. Mm -hmm. And I, I let the rest of the group, this is Tyrannish. Howdy. I, I want to wave to her with my snake hand <laughs> and then point oh. to it and go, yeah, she she smiles somewhat pleased, and waves back with the the same hand. If I can try and ask her if she knows what happened to him. Yeah, um, you pick up the uh, the word partial hybridization. Uh, 
Yeah, she said partial hybridization. Yeah. So, Johnny, you've been fucked. Will it, <laughs> will it spread? Is it? Is it contain? If I look, if I touch other parts of my body, will it? Uh... <laughs> no. I think after a bit of communication back and forth, she shakes her head, but with almost a chuckle, and yeah, says no. The, um, at least Gerhardt will pick up that no, the monkey doesn't have to worry about it spreading to any other part. Okay, excellent. Um, and I say maybe uh, at headquarters I might be able to help you with that. It could be a blessing. Oh, it's cool. If it's not going to go anywhere else, it's fine by me. I don't mind having a snake hand. And what else does she tell us? This is interesting. Yeah, she's she's anxious to know what, uh, well, how long that she's been asleep. Um, she does confirm what you've seen down the murals that yes, she has been on a quest into the dreamlands. That she has wandered for what felt like eons, and she's not found what she was looking for. That there was supposed to be a a guard or a watch. Um, trying to find the exact word is a bit difficult for her, but some some other serpent people were supposed to be keeping an eye on the temple and were supposed to wake her after a certain period of time. But evidently that's not happened for whatever reason. Gerhard, ask her where her crown is. I, you know, I speak with what little I can and try and find out about that. Yeah, um, she'll, she describes it as the cobra crown. And um, the last that she knew of it, that it was positioned in the box with her so that when she awoke, she would have it for when, obviously when she returned as the chosen one. Um, it is an item of great power. And it is something that she, she is concerned that if you haven't got it, then where is it? And I, I explained to her though, that we believe we were, would have been the first ones down there. We saw the explosion ourselves and went down. So I don't think maybe it was somebody in her time could have moved it. You get the, there's almost a look of um, not anger, but definitely annoyance come across her face as she thinks that someone evidently amongst the amongst the watch or the guard, they're the only people that could have gone down there to get it. So it's one of her own kind that has stolen it. In fact, I tell her it was sealed without it inside, if that helps. Right? It was the box. The, bo the box was at least shut. Um, the ceiling could have also happened after it had been opened and then re-shut again. Okay. So, so I try to, I, I don't speak her language, but uh, they say that math is the universal language. Uh, if she has a snaky education, then maybe she understands math. So I try to do real, like rudimentary you know, stick numbers and things like that, just to see if she understands what I'm saying. And yeah. then I try to explain what a day is, and then a year, and then guesstimate 100,000, 200,000 years that she's been asleep. Yeah, she, she follows what you're saying. Um, she does, in, in fact, then jump ahead when, uh, when you're doing some of the notation, um, particularly around when you're trying to describe um, night and day. She actually draws out a rudimentary uh, map of the solar system. Ah, 
So she is. But she's got planning. extra. She's got extra planets there. Yeah, yeah, but Sally goes out to ten. But hmm. well, and and Oz only goes up to what? Uh, I don't. When did they discover Pluto? So it would uh, be eight, I think. They discovered Pluto around the time H.P. Lovecraft wrote The Whisperer in Darkness. Right, so... Uh, yeah, late, mid to late 30s. So a few years ahead of where you are. Right. So, yeah, and I, I you know, basically tell her. You get the idea then she is definitely um, savvy in terms of astro um, astronomy, even though, yeah, extra planet, but hey, what's one between friends? And that she's also very accomplished in terms of mathematics. She she has a very scientific brain. Ah. So um, maybe we can communicate on some level because of physics and math. That's my place. Yeah, she is um, a little, for as, as much as a serpent can go pale, she does go a little bit pale when contemplating the fact she's been out for the best part of 100,000 years. Well, when I see you're having a hard time, I'm going to offer her a cigarette um, yeah she she takes it she looks at it and then pops it in her mouth and eats it uh, look, and then it looks a little bit bitter but then just gulps it down then it'll be like I'll put one in my mouth I'll light it up oh, and you, offer you, her another one yeah you gotta see the look of oh on her face and then she she declines no, as I'm sitting there, I want to pull out that scepter mm -hmm. and see how she reacts to that. Oh, she she does definitely look of relief, um, and then to get out, oh, well, at least at least that made it out. But I can kick this. Yeah, she she kind of shrugs, um, looks around as if to say, "Where are the snakes?" So, mm -hmm. <laughs> oh shit. They can't get on the airplane. <laughs> yeah, I don't want no, any snakes. Yeah, what? Snakes, snakes, on snakes on a plane? That's the most ridiculous idea I've ever heard. Don't want heard. any snakes on this motherfucking airplane. <laughs> no, we don't. I asked her if she can explain to me how that works, so I could explain it to him. Yeah, um, pretty much as, as has already been um, assigned from it, that it's a defensive weapon, but it's also seen as a symbol of power. So it has a... Uh, ceremonial value as well as a practical application. Uh, normally worn in conjunction with the crown, but see, then it's where, where the hell's my crown gone? Right. What about does, the whip? Does she seem to be able to learn? Uh, I mean, is she learning from what we're doing how to communicate with us? Um, uh, I, 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 sorry, go ahead. Someone roll me 1d10, but roll it twice and take the better result. Better as in lower or higher? Higher. Seven. Okay. In which case, uh, she will gain seven points of English. Okay. Uh, probably by the time that you arrive back in New York, she's she can say a few words and string some very basic sentences together. Okay. Well, and if... if I assume that over the course of a couple of days, each of us is going to spend time with it, trying to. So I'm going to concentrate on math. I'm going to try to explain our numbering system, what the symbols mean, one, two, three, and how it works. So by the time she gets back, she should understand her rudimentary math at least. In fact, then, if you are all, are you all engaging with her in some level? Hmm. 
Yeah. Um, Gerhard's already got the um, got the roll from this already. The others, uh, the other three, can gain one d10 in the cow. Oh. Eight. That's what I got. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so you, you're able to do string basic sentences together, um, her in English, yourself in the car, so communication can, can happen between you without um, without too much difficulty at the moment. Now construct the Right, <laughs> 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 like, she'll, re uh, she'll reply, come on, broken. One, two, three, yeah, and so on. But yeah, there's, there's an exchange program of linguistics going on here. Excellent. Yeah, and so without any particular interruptions, you arrive back in New York City. Uh, at that time in New York, there's only one commercial airport, uh, which is at the time called uh, the Newark Metropolitan Airport, uh, opened on the 1st of October 1928. So a little way outside New York City proper, but you're able to, uh, you're able to land there. Um, obviously, the Invisible Man routine happens again with bandages or at least with uh, more uh, a more culturally appropriate coat at this point, not uh, robes that will stand out. But you can be, uh, you're ferried off the plane and then onto a waiting car um, put on by Caduceus, uh, Caduceus. And the driver who's waiting for you uh, explains, oh, um, welcome back everyone. Um, hope your uh, flight wasn't too bad. Um, if, you're, if you're willing, um, there's a meeting scheduled for you at headquarters. They'd like to have a, a quick word and a debrief, and then otherwise we'll be able to set you on your uh, on your merry way for the next few days. Yes, that would be fine. Very good. Right, and the driver jumps in the seat and starts driving. Um, Caduceus headquarters that you've been to before, um, probably a couple of you have been there um, a couple of times, maybe one or two of you, it's only been your first visit out there before you went out to Bolivia. Um, but it's an imposing building. Um, it's one of the largest in New York. Um, just at this point, the Empire State Building's only been open uh, for about a couple of years. Um, this is an 18-story building um, that dominates the skyline with a big dome roof on the top. Um, the driver pulls up outside, the small plaza outside the front entrance, um, climbs out and opens the door for you. Um, as he does so, you can see there are a couple of men coming across the courtyard in front of the building um, to welcome you. It's it's a nice return coming back to the uh, coming back to civilization and having say the the hum and the um, bustle of the city life around you again. Um, but being as it's New York, there's a fair number of people walking around um, here. They're not paying you too much attention. They're just uh, going about their daily business. But these two guys come over towards you. Uh, one of them is built like a brick, a brick outhouse. 
he is tall, muscular, um, and just about fits into the suit that he's crammed into. Uh, the other guy is a bit more, um, a bit more comfortably dressed. But as he walks over towards you, you can see that he is he's slightly overweight, but um, he's also sweating profusely. Um, he's got a dobbing um, top, um, top of his brow with a handkerchief that he then tucks back in, um, into his pocket and offers you a hand um, to whoever's closest. There's uh, putting a name to a face at last. Um, I'm Shapiro, Quentin Shapiro. I think you'd be the, uh, the team that I spoke to on the radio. Yes, and... Uh... This is um, Queen Tyrannice. It's hard to ah. pronounce. Yeah, he, he smiles and nods and does a, does a bow um, to her. She nods in response. Well, I think we'd uh, better guest uh, everyone off the street then and uh, get, you up to the, uh, get you up to the meeting room for a debrief. And then yeah. we can have you, uh, then you can start to uh, unwind and decompress, as it were, get back to, get back to normal a bit. Um, I don't think you have you met Frank. He points over his shoulder towards the uh, the man mountain beside him. Hi, man, mountain. Yeah, hi, Frank. Um, but while we're gone, Shapiro, got a question for you. So did we pass? <laughs> uh, he he chuckles. Oh yes, that will be. Uh, that's one of the reasons we want to bring you in and get you debriefed is because we've got some uh, got some explaining to do. I think much uh, much overdue explanations for a few things. Yeah, I'd say so too. All right. Yes, uh, he just just over his shoulder again as you're heading over the courtyard. Uh, this is Frank uh, Frank DeLuca. Uh, he's our head of security here at the um, at the Meadham Building. He just look, he looks Ooh. down at you all and with this kind of gruff. Hello, Mr. DeLuca. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he nods. He catches eye contact with all of you um, in turn and nods. Uh, Magnus at this point is still, he has really just not been with it since uh, since Bolivia. He's still walking along in a, in a bit of a daze, but it's almost, you have to, you have to keep propping him up. Um, he just needs a good sleep. Yeah, he, he, just the turbulence on the plane as well. He just hasn't got a wink of rest. Um, DeLuca does look over to him, kind of raise an eyebrow and goes, what happened with him? Oh, he climbed inside of a giant snake. Cut, ah. it, cut himself out from the inside. Ah. Better than going through his ass, I suppose. And yeah, it just continues to, uh, to walk, bringing up the rear um, as you head towards the building. Um, the interior of the lobby, once you go through the nice row of glass doors on the ground level, um, this nice marble floor, highly polished, where you can see the ever the ever present cleaner is there polishing it up to make sure that it's all uh, normal, so you can see your face in the ground. Uh, there's a couple of desks which go between you and then a row of elevators, which then take you up to the high um, the higher floors and also the doors to the staircase. Um, there are definitely faces there you'll be familiar with. Um, there's uh, Bob Robertson, the security guard, who's down there. Um, you pass by himself, um, by him every time that you've been inside um, the building. You've never seen him get up off his chair. You kind of wonder if he is attached to the thing. Um, and also Jane Dollarhide, who's the receptionist. Um, she's uh, dealing with a couple, um, couple of people as you um, as you approach, but they peel off 
as you as you come over, she smiles with a very very well practiced greeting, and says, "Ah, Mr. Shapiro and Mr. Mr. DeLuca, this will be the uh, the team you're taking up to uh, taking up to the seventh floor." Um, they both nod. She scribbles something um, down, and then pulls up an envelope. Um, something jangling, very much like keys inside. Says, "There's the uh, there's the package that you asked for. They just come back from the." come back from the uh, locksmith so they're all ready for everyone all all five of them so it does pause looking at Magnus uh, for a second be okay he'll be fine ah, good good well you're in the right place if you need medical attention after all that is that is the kind of thing we do here again big grin that goes from here to here and the Luca gestures for you to go go on towards the elevators Quick ride up, yeah. Uh, quick ride up in a nice uh, elevator all to yourselves. Uh, up to the seventh floor. It opens up, and the first thing that hits you is the smell of tobacco. Um, this is a <laughs> does great things for your lungs. Uh, there's an open plan office which seems to cover the large part of the floor. It's almost reminiscent of a newspaper office that there are typewriters going, there are phones going, there's ringing, there's people yelling over questions to each other, uh, people running around carrying uh, carrying papers. It's a bustle of activity. And pretty much everyone here, there's almost almost everyone here, there's a cigarette dangling from their mouth as they're, um, as they're working around. Uh, Shapiro takes you over to one of the meeting rooms on the edge of the building, which he opens up and gestures for you to, to head inside. And then once everyone's in, as soon as he shuts the door, it's almost as if the sound just disappears. Evidently, the room the room is soundproof. Um, there's a long meeting table, um, like a conference table, um, chairs around them. He pulls out the chair, um, especially for Tyrannician gestures for her to, um, to sit down, which she does so. Um, turning into Gerhard and motioning for him to take a seat beside her. I do so. Um, DeLuca takes a, a perch, in, uh, perch in one corner and just stands there watching proceedings. Otherwise, Shapiro goes to the end of the uh, the end of the table so that he can see all of you. Says, "Right, this is the uh, this is the time where I get to open up and give you a well, I think, well deserved set of explanations. Uh, we do have some material for you specifically in this um, in this instance." Um, obviously you'll be aware that the organization is a bit more clued into certain things than just medical aid. I think we kind of gathered that, yeah. He reaches under the desk and pulls up a series of blue folders, which he then puts on the top of the table and then pushes towards um, one towards each of you. Hmm. Um, this should hopefully explain some of your... Um, some of your questions, but if you have any after reading this, uh, the orientation package, then I'll be free to. Uh, hey, it's almost as prepared. <laughs> uh, I'll answer any other questions that this doesn't cover. Um, but yes, I think this is this would be a good place to start. Uh, the one thing I will request, though, none of these folders leave this room. Obviously, you have access to um, to them if you want to read them again at any other point. Just 
ask us and we'll um, we'll produce them for you. But none of these documents leave uh, leave this room or have a bit even leave the building. Um, once you've read them, you'll you'll understand why. All right. Well, let me see. Look here. The orientation, okay. The orientation package is a collection of type pages held in a blue colored ring binder. The typeface is large, the lines are widely spaced, making it very easy to read. There are three tiers of, um, the thing is blocking my view. How do I make this small? Oh, there we go. <clears throat> there are three tiers of the caduceus operation which dictate the level of briefing an agent is given. Tier one, agents who comprise the mundane medical uh, charity. Uh, tier two, agents who fight mythos threats, primarily the machinations of the serpent people. Aha, uh -huh. recruits, uh, recruits pass ascend to this tier after vetting. Uh, tier three, uh, Joshua Meadham's in a circle. Meadham, is that how we pronounce that, Meadham? Meadham, yeah. Tier one briefing, the text outlines the history of the Caduceus uh, Foundation in 1912. Uh, Joshua Meadham of New York City sold the pharmaceutical empire he had built up over the previous 30 years. This was a surprising move as he had acquired a reputation as a cutthroat businessman. No one who knew him could imagine him doing anything else with his life. Joshua Meadham took the, pros the proceeds of the sale and used them to found a charitable organization devoted to providing emergency medical care across the globe, especially for those areas affected by epidemics, natural disasters, and war. He called this operation Caduceus, pronounced Caduceus, uh, or Caduceus, uh, after the staff of Hermes. Uh, various newspaper articles follow each detail and uh, each detailing the help Caduceus has brought to people across the globe following epidemics, natural disasters, and wars. Tier two briefing, that's us. While Caduceus carries out the charitable works in, in, uh, in espouses, it has a more secret purpose. It, uh, in his business dealings, Joshua Meadham uh, had a few brushes with the Cthulhu mythos. What the hell is a Cthulhu mythos? Most notably, in this uh, form of seven people trying to use the growing global trade in pharmaceuticals as a vehicle to interfere with humanity, realizing mankind faced threats even more dangerous than those Caduceus purported to deal with. Joshua has used his considerable resources to seek out and combat uh, mythos menaces where he can, especially where seven people are involved. The text outlines uh, information that the Caduceus Foundation has been able to learn about the Serpent People race. It appears that the Serpent People are native to Earth, having ruled empires that have now faded into history and walked, uh, and walked lands long before the rise of humanity. A religious schism occurred uh, many millennia ago that split the race into two. Uh, one side worships an entity called Yig, the father of serpents, potentially the progenitor of the race. The other worships an entity known as Sathugua, uh, an evil toad-like monstrosity that revels in vile acts and atrocities. This latter faction refers to themselves as the Ananite. Well, we've heard that name before. Caduceus was, has found in their experience 
The worshippers of Yig are content to hide from humanity deep below the ground in subterranean cities. They know that to pick a fight with humanity could spell annihilation, despite their vastly uh, superior technology. Conversely, the evidence that Caduceus has gathered makes the organization believe that the inner night is working towards a plan that will spell disaster for the human race. Uh, the results of this plan are not yet known, but it is imperative that it be discovered soon. The Ennanite faction uh, is organizing and coordinating its efforts across the globe. There might not be much time left. Some of the sources uh, referred to in this pact are written in Nakal. Um, uh, there are translation notes uh, supplied. Anyone setting these for a day can gain plus 10 percentiles in other languages. Um, uh, and the rest of it, uh, what we get from the, the pack. Yep. Right. And this, this takes, as, as it says, probably about a couple of hours to go through, um, at which point anyone reading the whole thing through, um, please cross off 1d4 sand but you can gain five points of Cthulhu Mythos. What's, what do you mean Mythos rating? Uh, that's if you use it as a research text. I see. Because okay, all books can be used as reference material and therefore they, when you use them as that, they have a higher chance of just your own Mythos knowledge to be able to pull stuff up. So yeah, that, that's more of a research mechanic. I also believe they don't give you their mythos knowledge if you're if it's already higher than its rating is that correct yeah there's there's a certain point where it kind of caps out to say it doesn't give you any more beyond yeah, for, the, for this point though you'll still be fine you'll be able to gain the five points did we get anything else from that or it was just uh, the five mythos uh the five mythos and the 1d4 sand loss okay. um, it doesn't have any anything like spells it's purely an info dump um, to present you with, this is what the organization has found out, this is the, uh, the current situation that they're combating and that there is a very clear and present danger that the certain people present. I just didn't know if we got any more Nakal with the translation, that's why. Oh yeah, um, yeah. You, um, if you yeah. want to study it for, this will be coming back to the offices as he says, uh, um, asking for it again later. Um, during downtime you can spend a day and gain an extra 10% or uh, yeah, an extra plus 10 percentiles in other language Nakal. Uh, yeah, aided, aided by the fact you've got translation notes there, so it helps to put put some of the whole um, fill some of those holes that you have at the moment. Right. So after a few hours, um, Shapiro's quite uh, patiently sat there waiting and seeing each of you gradually get towards the last few pages in the binder. Obviously, there's no detail given of tier three in there either. It mentions it in the intro to say that there is a third tier, but that's very much mediums in a circle that would be sure. if you progress through the ranks that would be where you get to after where you are now well there are some things that we can piece together based on this information um because johnny has seen a face you just told us uh and there we know that they're able so the bad snake people are try we're trying to find the good snake people. That's what was going on in Bolivia. <coughs> and we stopped them. He nods and smiles very much at that. 
Uh, what will happen with the crew? Well, uh, we have a facility in the building where we can put her up and we can give her a comfortable uh, residence while we try and debrief her. Uh, we're hoping that from what little pieces of information we have, um, amongst some of the serpent person mythology that we've uncovered over the, over the last few years, um, the legends of the, of the sleeper, the dreamer, uh, the sleeping sorceress, have been known through serpent person society for a very long time. But the one thing that wasn't known was her location. It seems to be that where, where the temple had gone into the ground had been lost, other than we knew bits to say it was in South America. We knew that there were capstones housing entrances to these wards that were keeping the, the temple underground. And when we got the report came in from Bolivia to say that an artillery shell in a battle had broken open a seal that looked very much like the description that we'd already had in our records, we put two and two together and hoped it was where she was. And we were right, oh. gestures to where she was. We thought maybe she had contacted somebody in the dreamlands. Uh, no, uh, we, we've been hoping that some such con uh, contact may have come for hundreds, thousands of years. Well, but, no. I, I, I hate to tell you, um, uh, that uh, if you've been stuck in there for 100,000 years trying to look for something in the dreamlands and you ain't found it, it's probably not there. Yeah, she, she nods and in not basic English replies with, I came to that conclusion long time ago. I'm sorry, that's a long time to sleep in looking for something. Yeah, she just nods and just you know, so has, has this kind of far away, almost depressed look about her. But Shapiro, um, Shapiro looks between you. Says, after having read that, I suppose there's only really one question I have before we get down to business and answer any other questions that you may have. And that is, are you in? Are you up for trying to save the world from this from this evidently clear and present threat. Sounds like fun to me. This was the best week of my life. I mean, absolutely. I've learned more in two days than I've learned in, in the last uh, 30. I just got to say one thing, Connor, please. Don't use your gun quite as much as you've been using it. We could have solved some of this before that happened. Well, I'm going to use my guns to protect myself and others. Well, maybe now that you've been exposed to some of this, you won't be so easy, quick to react, though. He kind of loses well, his mind a little and just starts shooting his gun. <laughs> well, one day that might just save your life, Audie. It might, it might, it might. Yeah, I'm in. Whole hell I'm in. Do I get my own lab? We do have lab facilities here. They are somewhat restricted access, but we can, depending on what kind of thing you need and as to what kind of activities happening down there, we might be able to get you some labs back there. Well, if you've got an engineer, uh, somebody who can act as my assistant and get my materials when I need them, and uh, there's a lot of things I'd like to start working on and developing for you people. Sure, sure. Yeah, I'm sure we can work something out. All right. 
So it looks to Connor. Says, you in? Yeah, I'm in. Dealing with these is far more interesting than tracking down runaway people. Looks towards Magnus. Um, going to raise his eyebrow a bit. As he's no, he's in. Don't worry about the... him. <laughs> We're still looking through the briefing pack at this point. And then turns to Johnny and says, you're the only person that hasn't spoken so far. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in. Right. Then let's get down to business, gentlemen. And at that point, we will leave it for tonight. Excellent. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> Our players included John Byron, Morgan Llewellyn, Jason Melnichok, and myself. Uh, Zane Fleming will be back next week with uh, Matthew Sanderson as Keeper of the Secrets. We're currently producing up to five shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. The costs involved with the show are provided almost entirely by our patrons. Without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. If you'd like to support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar or two a month helps us a lot. You can find a link in the description below. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch that bell icon for updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Riley, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming. Mm -hmm.